0: Welcome to Fanboy News Network, your guide to geek culture. I'm Jeff Harris. And I'm Daniel Christensen. So, a little bit more than a month. Oh, yeah, well. But still, you know, basically, hey, we're getting one done in the month of April. In so. the month of April,
1: and you know I was kind of out of town for a couple weeks. So. You were,
0: you were. You were having an adventure. I, don't,
1: I did. I had a wonderful adventure. I got to see the, the very large array, and I got to go to
0: the Trinity site in, North, in uh, New Mexico. So, you know, science and history. Yeah, who who can ask for more? So, yeah. Um, so, and of course, and we will talk about this in a little bit. Seems lately when we record episodes, the recording is happening right before a big event, but the episode itself will post after the event.
1: Well... We're being very conscientious because this way there is no way in any possible way, shape, or form that we could accidentally give away spoilers.
0: That's that's very true. We're, we're doing this because we care. Right. And also because we're, you know, lazy. We, we have the timing that the good Lord gave a turn up? That's pretty much it, yeah. Okay, yes. Yeah, not really lazy. It's just uh, cycles. Because yeah. we try and record this before the weekend and most major events happen on the weekend.
1: Amazing how that happens.
0: Uh So, last time, I just want to touch on briefly. One of our big things is we were having issue with Emerald City Comic Con and how it was dealing with the entrance. Yes, yes, yes. I guess it caused some hiccups, but I guess they worked it out throughout the weekend. Good. Uh, I guess at some point during the day, they would open up the other entrances to be usable. It was just during the initial rush of a day. They were trying to funnel it through...
1: That nerd lanch
0: that happens at the very opening of the... Yeah. 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 So, uh, I don't know. Um, yeah, it, it, it was a thing that happened. Uh, this year's, I, I guess it was a good Emerald City. I think the biggest thing that uh, I got as feedback, since I myself did not attend, was it was really weird having one of the major draws of the convention, the celebrity panels, be off-site. Oh, yeah,
1: being in a separate hotel. Yeah. Yeah. It it was a little weird. I kind of got used to it the previous years uh, because they'd been moving so much of the celebrity off-site. And, I mean, not to go too much into the detail, but the fact that they are trying to make those changes after the absolute thinking of words first half is cluster um, that a couple of years ago was... I'm glad to see that they're try, at least trying something different. Yeah, so that that that's good for them. So, um, if if I can interject one thing, as far as cons are concerned, go I'm right ahead. Incredibly happy, they've uh, they've announced the first guest of honor for Rose City Comic Con, and I bought my ticket immediately.
0: All right, Tim Curry. Yes, yes, it's it's going to be interesting. I I know it's, you know. Ever since the stroke, he's yes. obviously there. There are the signs, but he is all still there, and the stories I hear are fantastic. Yeah,
1: uh, I'm I'm looking forward to it. The apparently, uh, I was looking around on one of his other conventions that he uh, he went to just recently. There is a delay, so there is this system that they have in place where basically you are paying your money. And that includes postage, because there's no guarantee that it will actually be signed and handed back to you that day. Whether or not they do that in Rose, I don't know, but that happened at another convention recently where he was in attendance. That makes perfect sense, though. Yeah, I mean, dude had a massive stroke. I'm willing to cut him some slack. I just want a fanboy in the same general vicinity as he is for
0: five minutes and, you know. Especially now that he's an evil Disney queen. He is. He is. Uh, Everyone wants to say he's a Disney princess. Frank wasn't the princess. No, no, no. no. Rocky was, was the princess. Yeah. Um,
1: but the rest of the story is is that I... I... Okay, so many years ago, I got to see uh, Penn and Teller. Sure. And as they do, they always stay around after the show to mm-hmm. meet with fans, talk with people, sign things. And I walked up to Teller, and I surprised
0: him. Which, knowing Teller is kind of saying something. That this man's intellect and observational skills are legendary. Yeah, but I walked up to him
1: and I asked him for an autograph on the DVD of a play that he directed. Oh, I remember you
0: telling me about that, but the audience has never heard. Oh,
1: yes. So several years ago uh, at the Folgers Library in Washington, D.C., which is the National Shakespeare Library uh, in, in just blocks away from the Library of Congress... Uh, Teller directed uh, a version of the Scottish play um, where the witches do real magic. Where, you know, what is this dagger seeing before me is a a famous magical stage illusion. And he has since also done a version of Tempest where Prospero is doing magic.
0: Huh, yeah, the, one of the greatest stage magicians currently active. Exactly. Uh, and one of the undisputed masters of sleight of hand. And so I walked up to him with a, with
1: a DVD of that, and he's like, well, hell, I haven't seen one of those in a while. <laughs> so my plan, in a, much in a similar vein, is... While everyone else behind me is going to be in fishnets and corsetry, Mm -hmm. uh, I am going to hand him and ask for his autograph on my DVD copy of Tim Curry as Will Shakespeare, which was a BBC miniseries before Rocky Horror Picture Show. So we have a very young, very handsome, very flamboyant Tim Curry
0: as Will Shakespeare. And it's lovely. I don't think it comes up a lot in the podcast, everyone out there listening, but Daniel is a huge Shakespeare nerd. Oh, yes. Oh, uh, yes. I, I won't say what his personal email is, but there is a Shakespeare reference in it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah cool. Yeah. Cool. sounds great.
1: So that, that 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 is my happy little moment as far as cons are concerned. So,
0: so what have you seen recently movie wise? Movie wise? Ah. Uh, Captain Marvel. But I think we talked about that last time. Well, I had seen it. You had I don't know that you had seen it. Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, Captain Marvel was amazing. Loved it. Ate it up with a spoon. Wish there was more. Um and frankly, all the haters, I will drink your
0: tears.
1: It is they, laughable that they, they would be having an issue with we, that. We need
0: to get them liniment. They might have been hurting themselves a lot moving those goalposts.
1: Yeah. Well, you know.
0: Yeah. So, um, so I've seen a few things. I, I'm sure you have. As as is my want. So this is a funny thing. My wife started a new job where she's very busy, it's and she told me 40,
1: 50, 60, 70 hours. Something. It's it's crazy. Of right now. overtime a week.
0: Yeah, And she told me that with what I do with Fanboy News Network, that she completely understands that I need to go see these movies. And uh, I am free from from having to wait for her oh, on these things and on oh. certain TV shows. She's being very kind to me. Uh, the only one she insisted we'll talk about later. We did catch up because she had a day off. But uh, So I have seen uh, Shazam. Uh-huh. I have seen Hellboy. And, uh, of course, there's the normal seeing interesting stuff on Friday Night Horror. We'll, we'll get to that in a bit. I have also seen, since we last uh, came together, Us. Oh, the, uh, the Jordan Peele Horror. Jordan Peele, yes. So, uh, where I want to start is uh, Shazam. Let's, let's just start, Shazam. With, start with Shazam. So, it's interesting how... Uh, there somebody did a piece of artwork commemorating the history of that franchise, And it included characters that were influenced by uh, the original Captain Marvel. Okay. Now, that includes, they had in this image all the Marvel characters that have had the name Captain Marvel. Yeah. Has had any other character that maybe had Captain Marvel. Has also had characters where the transformational nature from Billy Batson to Captain Marvel was an aspect Or characters that, for whatever reason, had a strong cultural tie. So, uh, Gomer Pyle appears in the image from uh, from uh, the Andy Griffith show. Shazam! exactly, because his his catchphrase was Shazam. So, uh, I just that was some of that image came. I went through and I went through with a fine tooth comb looking at that particular image. Was by Alex Ross. Okay. One of the greatest comic book artists. Period. I will fight you. <laughs> I, 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 I just want to
1: clarify here. So you're probably one of the folks that went through the Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band album with, with a magnifying glass and identified all those people. Uh,
0: I didn't have to. By the time I got around to it, it uh, there, already were, there were already lists. Oh, but well. I have done that with other things. That's so, I, yes, I am that guy. Uh, anyway, so the movie... It's it's technically part of the DC expanded universe, which is the, their cinematic universe. Uh, and I say technically because it's tonally very different, even though it re- references events. Well, they have jokes. They have jokes about being in that universe, but well, it, no, they have jokes. Full stop. It's not it,
1: that yeah.
0: makes it uncharacteristic for DC. Yeah, it it is it is a. A lighthearted movie, although, in as with any really good lighthearted movie, it has some incredibly dark moments. See, also, it's DC, yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, no, it is a fun movie. It is full of heart. They uh, they did a great job. Uh, Zach Levi as uh, Shazam, since the character is now just called Shazam. Uh, it, it, I'm sure there are other actors that could have handled it as well, but I'm not sure that they could have handled it as well. Uh, and the kids. The kids were all great. Good. And when I say the kids, it's not just uh, the kid playing Billy Batson. Um, this movie is taking largely from the most recent iteration of the Shazam character, which has the realization that if Billy Batson is an orphan and hasn't been adopted, that he's probably in the foster system. Yep. No. So... The comics have been using that and have made the other foster kids in the same house with him are all major characters in the franchise now. And all of those characters make the leap into the movie.
1: They, they, they don't have like the the inspiring little it's a hard knock life for us sort of song and halfway through? They or? don't, but oh. they have a
0: they have a wide spectrum of kids. But it's one of the themes in the movie is that. Billy's been bounced around the system, and he's finally landed in a good home that he doesn't trust. No. So, uh, but it is just well done. I also, I'm a big fan of Mark Strong, who plays uh, Dr. Savannah. And it's his second go as a DC Universe supervillain. He was Sinestro in Green Lantern. Although, technically, Sinestro wasn't the main villain of the movie. They were setting up for a sequel that, blessedly, never happened.
1: Well I was gonna say isn't that the one where Ryan Reynolds went back in time and shot himself so that he doesn't accept
0: the role of that was one of the tags in Deadpool too yeah just checking yeah yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah. uh you've seen the the Kingsman movies oh yes yeah that's, uh, he's Merlin
1: oh yeah, yeah, yeah he's
0: the tech guy in those movies I, it, he's one of those guys that always plays villains uh, the rare time he plays an, a hero is interesting but part of it is he's so good at it. He he's a really good actor, and so I was glad to see him in there. Um, so yeah, I, I guess in the end, Shazam is well worth it. I, I, I'm really looking forward to showing it to Larissa. She hasn't had time to go see it because again, forty hours overtime. Uh, worst comes to worst, when we buy it, we'll sit down and watch it together. It's there's some events that happened in the third act that I found just super charming.
1: Oh, so cool.
0: so with that, the um, oh. Okay. I just remembered another movie I saw. Okay. Into the Spider Verse. Oh yeah. Okay. So well, I, I, I did we talk about if we talk. I had certainly seen it. I think we did talk about it. Yeah. Uh, but maybe not in depth. I was mostly saying you needed to go see it. It hadn't won an Academy Award yet. It had not won an Academy Award yet. It has now won an Academy Award, and it well deserved it. Um, yeah. It, it's. I, I'm hoping it's gonna be a game changer in both animation and also in what the idea of uh, what you can put out as an animated movie. Oh yeah. I know that Sony, because they because yeah. of their deal with Spider-Man, they get to has so far they have announced they want to do a sequel focusing on Spider Women. Good. So Spider Gwen will be the main character but all the different iterations of Spider Woman. Uh, they want to do a sequel that is bringing back Gwen and Miles Good. in adventure. And they just recently announced they are just going to straight up go ahead and do a movie of Spider-Man Noir.
1: Excellent. Nick Cage is going to get work.
0: Yeah. So uh, there's a great behind the, the scenes bit with Nick where uh, he's recording his lines. And they keep asking for, for basically more. And finally he looks at them. Are you asking me to go full Nick Cage? Because I could go full Nick Cage. If anybody could, it would be him. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. So that was Shazam. Uh, Us. So, Us is a very interesting movie. Uh, Jordan Peele's second mm-hmm. uh, film. And one of the, I, again, it's, it is, I remember sitting here going, yeah. Yeah, this is the guy I cannot wait to see what the rest of his career is going to unfold like. He has such a command of visual language. Yep. Uh, he knows how to build the mood correctly. He know, It's interesting, there are holes in the story, mm-hmm. but the way he builds his mythology, part of it is they give you an explanation of what might be going on, but the character who gives that explanation themselves isn't 100% sure they're right.
1: Well, I mean, you you think about it, that that is one of the classic bits of horror going all the way back to, I remember you talking about a Lovecraft movie (laughs) millions of years ago. And it's the whole idea of your brain will fill in Far
0: worse than what they could ever show on the screen. Well, but this is even just, you know, the what's happening. Yeah. The explanation.
1: But they're they're uncertain, which adds to the tension. You know, if somebody just said, oh, it's because of this. No, you don't know. You're constantly trying to figure out.
0: That's what what drives it. Uh, The one thing I am sure of, outside of Jordan Peele is a fantastic director. Yes. And I want to see more. Is Hollywood, he has shown you the way. More starring roles for Lupita Nyong'o. Please. <laughs> this... Where she's actually on the screen and not just a voice. Yeah, no, and she owns... I mean, not to d- to decry the rest of the cast. It's a great cast. Mm-hmm. Great performances across the board. Winston Duke apparently cannot appear on screen without the fangirls once again declaring how, what a snack he is. Oh, he more than a snack, and I'm straight. <laughs> so yeah, uh, and but she is just—it is what she does with that role, and and again, she just she can command a screen. Oh yeah, just command it. And so I'm hoping that this is going to be people going, yes, because she hasn't had a starring role since Twelve Years a Slave. Yeah. So this is just right there. Um, I also noted that uh, apparently Jordan Peele's good luck charm right now is casting actors who appeared on the West Wing.
1: There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah,
0: Because, uh, you know, Bradley Whitford in, uh, in Get Out, yeah. <clears throat> Elizabeth Moss in Us. Oh, um, yeah. Cause, because she was President Bartlett's daughter. Yeah. Uh, of course... Since with Handmaid's Tale, she's known for, so, and Mad Men, she's known for so much more now. True. But still, I did notice that, huh, interesting. She Her part isn't huge, but it's another case of, and it's a, I remember thinking when her character first appeared on screen, this is really what you're using Elizabeth Moss for, but then well, things happen later. It's like, of course you needed an Elizabeth <laughs> Moss for this role. Well, just, <laughs> of course you did.
1: I'm... There's part of me that's a little worried to find to see what he has in store for Martin
0: Sheen, but okay. I'm more curious what he's going to do with Richard Schiff.
1: See, Rich, I uh that could yeah. be fun too. Yeah. So. yeah, of course I know
0: the person who wants a job is Josh Molina, but that's a whole different thing. Yeah. Um well, since I'm I'm running through the movies, uh did I did I jog any other memories for you or should I move on to Hellboy? Yeah, move on to Hellboy. All right. So, Hellboy, and I think one of the reasons I saved it for last is Hellboy is a perfectly serviceable movie.
1: Wow, I think that counts as damning with faint praise.
0: I knew, and I knew that's what I was doing. The, the problem that Hellboy has: one, it's not Guillermo del Toro.
1: Well, that's 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 a huge problem.
0: Two, uh, the director—it was a troubled production. He may have actually been fired partway through. I don't remember. Uh, he was. There was certainly trouble behind the scenes. This is the movie that famously had cast Ed Skierin. As one of the major characters. And then the moment Ed... And we talked about it on the podcast. And then Ed learned... Oh, wait a minute. My character is Japanese-American in the comic book. Maybe I shouldn't play this part. Yeah, well done, sir. And Daniel Day Kim took over the part. Good. So, if nothing else, you've got that. Yes, good good on you, Ed. Mm -hmm. Uh, Where he went on to do Battle Angel Alita. Yes. So, fine by him. Um, And David Hayter is great as Hellboy. I mean, if you're going to replace Ron Perlman that was the right choice.
1: You really can't replace Ron you, Perlman. You 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 may try to fill the same
0: shoes as Ron Perlman, but really. Yeah. But I mean if you're going to try at least they picked the right guy to try. Yeah. But in the end I think the thing that Hellboy suffers from is because it's a reboot and not a continuation it Suffers from retreading a lot of the ground that was covered the first time around.
1: You know, at how many Incredible Hulk reboots have we been through now? How many Spider-Man reboot reboots have we been uh, through? Spider-Man
0: re- is more apt, uh, I think, on that one because we are now on our third iteration of cinematic Spider-Man. Yeah. Which smartly, the Tom Holland movie decided, yeah, let's just not do the origin. Yeah. Let's let's not retread ground that's already been done. Yeah,
1: say it with us. With great power comes great responsibility.
0: Moving on. Yeah. So yeah, and I think that's the if 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 they had treated this as just a alright, we've just recast Hellboy, moving on with the universe. I think also the fact that they went, Oh, our rated horror uh our rated superhero movies have been working out really well. Uh so let's go full on for the horror fine again it's t- you can tell it's not del toro i don't know that the r was necessary
1: well it but it comes with the cachet i mean ever since uh ever since deadpool showed up broke through the fourth wall and yelled surprise mother it it's been a thing people people have sought it out and you know, see also Suicide Squad,
0: uh, which flopped. Well, but Suicide Squad also, like Hellboy, suffered from the behind-the-scenes turmoil. Well, yeah, because they keep hiring Zack Snyder. It, it's interesting, though. You bring up uh, Suicide Squad; they're moving forward with the second movie,
1: yeah,
0: which they're treating as a soft reboot. Shocked, because uh, and you know they do have the advantage of oh, look, they have a James Gunn. There is that. So, uh, I, I what's interesting, so there has been talk that um, you know Idris Elba was going to take over the part of Deadshot. Which would not be bad. So, Idris Elba is still in the movie, but they've decided he's just going to be a different character.
1: I can live with that.
0: Who is also a significant character from the comic history, Bronze Tiger. Uh, and it's like, I'll accept that character from Idris
1: Elba. I, I will accept just about anything from Idris Elba. He's, a, he's an incredible actor and he needs more work yes yeah yes yes agreed um, <clears throat> I mean I'm just a, I'm frankly a little bummed that he got the short end of the stick as Roland in the Dark Tower because if anyone was going to bring the gravitas it was him and he did and they tried to convince eight books eight and a half books into two hours which ain't happening <sighs> Let, you got to do it the other way around and do like Game of Thrones and go for, what, 72 hours?
0: 74 hours
1: is what it's going to be and, by and, the time it's over and done with?
0: And there now be... We'll, we'll get into Game of Thrones later Yeah, a well. Um, <clears throat> on the horror movie front, um, so for Horror Movie Fridays, uh, I actually missed a week, but apparently I missed a great movie, Anna and the Apocalypse. Oh. A zombie musical comedy.
1: I've heard about this. Yes. Now I
0: have not seen it, but on Jennifer Lovely's recommendation, she's told me I must watch it because it's an absolute delight. Okay, then. So I am I am taking her word because if she tells me a movie is an absolute delight, it is most likely an absolute delight. Uh, that that is a high bar. Yeah. I mean, yes. Now, did we talk about horror noir? Isn't that redundant? The, the movie Horror Noir.
1: No, I... I no.
0: So, uh, it's a documentary uh, about uh, the African-American experience in horror film. Uh, and I the, say African-American, really. It's the, the, the black uh, representation of people of color in horror. So, The First to Die and The Comic Relief. It goes a lot deeper than that. It, uh, Tiana Reeve-Doe, who is a prominent uh, horror author... Uh, teaches a uh university course on um on this very subject and she, so she produced it and she appears in it along with a lot of other scholars and a lot of actors i mean tony todd is in this movie um the uh uh oh i want to say robin is her name robin true i didn't need to look it up again the uh one of the actresses from uh The Craft. Oh yeah. Uh and the one who they keep dropping from reunions at conventions of the main cast. Hmm, I wonder why.
1: Yeah, I wonder about that.
0: So she's in it. Uh there's a, and it, it it starts with Birth of a Nation <laughs> and talks about and you know, obviously covers Blackula, talks about black exploitation, talks about Haitian zombie movies. And just kind of goes through this entire... And, of course, culminates with Get Out. Of course. Uh, it's currently on Shudder. And I would say if you're a horror fan at all, it's a fascinating movie to watch. Uh, yeah, it is well worth checking out. I mean, Jordan shows in... Uh, and it's... I'm sorry, it's Rachel True. I was saying Robin True. I had the first letter, right? Um, so, yeah, it, it's... It, Fascinating. It's always interesting watching documentaries about these kind of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's one that's great. So moving on to TV. Okay. And since we're kind of on horror, mm-hmm. uh, you've seen What We Do in the Shadows, the movie. I,
1: I would no more count that as horror than flap my little bat wings and fly. But yeah, okay. It's
0: vampires. Uh, it may yes. not be horror, but it's vampires. So uh, FX now has a uh, spinoff TV series yes. by the same name. And I've started watching it. It's sort of become event television, in part because, let's put it this way, on Horror Movie Fridays at Jennifer Lovely's house, uh, we usually end up watching that week's episode as part of the night.
1: As well as you should.
0: It is, well, so here's the thing. <clears throat> it is the creators of the original movie. It's Taika Watiti and uh, Jermaine Clemens. Uh, Taika, because he's busy... Being Mr. Holland. He even said when we were putting the series together, I was doing Thor Ragnarok, so Jermaine had to do the heavy lifting. Yes. So... um, And Jermaine was busy being shiny. Yeah. So it's... Especially the pilot, but really the series. It really does feel like a continuation from the movie with new characters. The tone is the same. Uh, All of the aesthetics are the same. It's basically the same... Concept the same everything just with new characters, not just new actors. Yeah, uh, it's it's so the movie was vampires in New Zealand, and now it's the documentary uh, crew are following vampires in America, okay, and specifically Staten Island,
1: of all places. Okay, that
0: actually becomes a that's a running gag in the <laughs> in the show, and. It's a, it's a great cast, and one thing I love is, so in the first movie you had, you know, okay, that one's sort of Lestat. That one's sort of Bram Stoker's Dracula. That one's sort of Twilight. Uh, you don't quite have that much one-to-one. They are individual characters, uh, but you have the three vampires. Yeah. Then you have the servant, the familiar. So the human in their employee. And then you have an entirely different kind of vampire. An energy <laughs> vampire who, who lives with them and is tolerated because he's the only one who... Because he can go out in the day and have a real job, so he's the only one that can actually pay rent.
1: Yes, but you got to say the rest of the punchline because this so is he, what had me howling through dinner.
0: So, so the energy vampires are able to feed off of people by either boring them or annoying them. So he is this nebbish office drone. Who works at a soul-crushing cubicle farm, or as he calls it, the feeding ground? It,
1: it,
0: d- does he have a red stapler on his desk? I I I need he's, to know this. I mean, no, but he's like a more aware version of that character. He's got a very monotone. Fo- the 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 guy playing him is pitch perfect. I can't uh, I can't remember any of the you know it's sad other than Matt Berry. I can't remember any of the other actors' names right now. Oh well. You'd think I would prepare more for this, but no. Nah. Eh. Um, Why start now? Yeah, but it is, and, and they and they've got their own running gags, completely original from the the first film. The everyone's favorite gag is there's the vampire Laszlo played by Matt Berry, that every time he turns into a bat to go fly off, before he changes he yells bat, and the ch- and in one thing he lands, and as he lands he goes human form, <laughs> and. Yeah. Nobody else does it. Nobody else him. does it. Just uh, him. Okay. <laughs> and, yeah, and and then you've got other, you know, uh, Nick Kroll appeared in a recent episode. Um, Doug Jones has appeared a couple of times. Oh, wow. It, it, and they've talked about other actors they'd like to get involved and what kind of vampires they'd like to have them play. Because they can. Yeah, I was going to say. And so, yeah, no, it's it's a delight. And I would highly recommend it. Um the, um, I, I guess the other big thing that's out there, there's this other show, uh, some people might have heard of, mm-hmm. has some dragons in it, uh.
1: That doesn't narrow it down, unfortunately. I mean, it I really see. doesn't, no. Yeah.
0: Uh, so, Game of Thrones. Oh, Dinklage, Peter Dinklage, Peter Dinklage, Peter Peter Dink. Yeah, what? Yeah. Uh, now I'm unfortunately not able to uh, watch it, right I currently do not have HBO.
1: <gasps>
0: so I am following through spoilers, because, yeah. you know, otherwise I'll just be culturally lost. Um... Well, suffice to say, there, we, we are
1: two episodes in. Mm-hmm. Um, w- it was interesting because for a ga- for a series that has spent the last seven years brutally murdering everyone on, on a really regular basis, mm-hmm. I have to say it's a little disconcerting that we've gone we're two episodes into the final six and no one's died
0: yet. Yeah, but I hear the next episode might be a bloodbath. So it's that's... going
1: to be ninety minutes of a battle scene, yes. And that that that's what's disturbing everyone and we're all just kind of sitting here rocking back and forth and my wife and I have started a uh, a rewatch of the the going back to season one, uh episode one and going through so we can, you know, have probably a, a good last farewell to several of the people who are probably
0: gonna buy it next episode. So And yet everyone seems obsessed about the fact that Arya Stark had sex. You know, I... Sorry if that's a spoiler, everyone, but it's everywhere. I don't know how you could avoid it.
1: All I will say is... A. Grown person. Character
0: is 18 in the show.
1: Character is 18 in the show. Actress is 20 plus in, in real life. B. Let's just say, shall we, that for a television show that has, frankly, prided itself on the amount of sexual assault and other questionable things of the same in, in the same ilk, um, the whole concept of somebody who is act uh, of a woman who is. Actively and consciously making
0: sexual decisions for herself. Um, yeah. Shut up. Yeah. Let's yeah. get, get rid of this puritanic. And I think part of it is when you know the characters first introduced, she's an innocent child. And the actress was really young. And it's like, okay, both grew up. Yeah. And, hey, she was given agency. Yeah. So just step off. Yeah. Well, and frankly, you know, I, again, somebody
1: was like... Oh, the this is the 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 uh, when the the last chance for everyone to be happy, and I'm like, dude, have you watched the last seven seasons? the The last time that everyone was together and happy was five minutes
0: before the pilot. Yeah, the, 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 this is maybe the first couple minutes of the first episode.
1: I, I I want the guy the the narrator from the series of unfortunate events to show up and say, you know, nothing is happy. Everyone is going, yeah,
0: everything is horrible. You shouldn't watch this.
1: You, you, you need that sort of a, Warburton isn't his name? Patrick? Well, that's
0: Patrick Warburton, the character of Lemony Snicket. Yes. So, that's yeah. that's what you're looking for. You need Lemony Snicket to come in and go turn away. Yes. Go back now. Yes. So. Um.
1: Yeah. But yes, otherwise, highly enjoyable. We finally stuck a crowbar on the wallet and actually decided to spring for HBO now so we could watch these instead of... Waiting for six months for it to
0: show up on DVD. I I will probably get around to it. Dude, come over to my house. Uh, Speaking, though, of (coughs) shows that occasionally have dragons, um, the season four finale of The Magicians Ah, just aired. Now, this is the, the kind of the reverse. This is the show I know really well. Um, so The Magicians is based on a book series by the same name, uh, where the... It's Lev Grossman, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And the showrunners had the brilliant idea of taking the basic premise and then going, yeah, let's retool it to make the characters less annoying.
1: Hey, well, having read Lev Grossman in the past, yes, that, that, that would take some doing, but
0: hey. Well, so well, the first thing they did was the books are first person narrative. Yeah uh obviously a tv show isn't going to be they also decided to instead of just focusing on the one character make the show a true ensemble oh. uh, and yeah they just sort of i think one of the things i said is you know the less flatter, flattering of, uh depictions of some of the characters in the books that was just the character's point of view of them and in, in the show it's like no it's nowhere near that bad um but it has become. A lot of people have been calling it this generation's Buffy the Vampire Slayer.
1: Ah, oh, that would explain why I've been pathologically avoiding it. Yeah. Okay, it
0: is. It is very popular. It is very. I love it. It's very imaginative. Um, but and it it really is taking trouble. I like how a uh, somebody I know, Clea Linda, who writes a wonderful media blog, uh, who had strong feelings about the finale, which we'll get into in just a second. Had talked about basically, you have the basic premise of the show is the um, main characters all called to this college that is college level off-brand Hogwarts. <laughs> Great value Hogwarts. Great huh? value Hogwarts. Okay. To be uh, to learn to be magicians, and there is a a, a horrific uh, magical opponent the beast who keeps attacking and they discover that a, a book series that is great value Narnia <laughs> uh, that great value Narnia is a real place fillory in the series and that uh, this is all connected to that and they have to And the one of the characters is obsessed with these books it's uh, how he got involved with magic in the first place and they have to travel to fillory and and shenanigans ensue and then they just each season apparently has some elements from the books but otherwise went, now we're going our own way. And Worked work for Game of Thrones. Yeah, and this series is great because it has been a, a benchmark of inclusivity. Yeah. Of representation. Not all the characters are white. Not all the characters are straight. In fact, very few of the characters are straight. Uh, and there is just a lot going on. That uh, One of the thing, first things I noticed is they do a really good job of generally keeping the show very gender balanced. Huh? and one of the challenges with the series, the main character... So the who was the character that was the main character in the book, Quentin, uh, one of the things that made him an important representation is he struggled with depression and suicidal tendencies in his youth. And so that has always been a background element of the character. And through the course of the series he has discovered things about himself like oh hey i'm bisexual and his quest this whole season is to try and save his best friend and possible romantic interest who's been possessed by a, a monster <laughs> trying to save him ah and in the final episode while and yeah there's going to be some this is a little spoilery so be forewarned fast forward 5 minutes if you don't want to hear it in the process of assuring that his friend will be safe and that everyone will be safe from the monster, uh, because of shenanigans from one of the show's villains, ends up having to cast a spell that destroys the monster and himself. Convenient, that. And the actor, uh, Jason Ralph, who plays Quentin, has said, yeah, no, I'm off the show now. And they even address the fact, because the character dies and then because they actually have depicted the underworld many times in the show, finds himself in the underworld and having the character he knows there basically give him an exit interview. (laughs) And one of the questions... book for the recently deceased? uh, Yeah, and to the point of, did I just nobly save everyone or did I just finally find a way to kill myself? I will give them credit. There was a suicide prevention tag at the end of the episode which I think was the bare minimum they should do. Yes. But there's a lot... I mean, there's a lot of issues about was this barrier gaze? Was, you know, was that the best end for a character who's who has traditionally in the show been suicidal to have them die in a noble sacrifice? There's... Let's just say there are uncomfortable truths and while the producer's saying, oh, we did a great job, there's a lot of the fan base going, you got some spleening to do?
1: Well... I- At at the risk of going too far afield, I will draw from another aspect of my life and point out that the person who writes it and the person who produces it and the person who acts it, that's great. That's wonderful. You can have your intention for what it is you're trying to accomplish and what you're trying to put forward. You do not get to be the judge of how that is responded to, how that is taken, or how other people react to it. Um, so it doesn't matter if they think that they were over the moon and twice and back on time for dinner on Sunday. If all they're doing is ta-da, and hey, one eight hundred, don't kill yourself. Um, no, that that that's gonna that. Opens the door for a lot of questions and a lot of problems. And ultimately, they don't get
0: to be the ones who decide what happens. Now, I'm suspicious because there are two other characters who were main characters on the show who have died. And a uh, major secondary character who have all died. And those actors are still on the show. Uh, How about that? One was a straight-up resurrection and two... They had alternate timeline shenanigans mm-hmm. occur to bring them back into the show. So, so this is a show where dead does not necessarily mean dead, uh, but still, yeah. So, um, all right. Uh, I think the other thing is kind of we exhausted TV. I think yeah. on, on this books. one, books. So. Uh, I, well, let's start with you. I know that the last time you, were, you were, were gushing, you were singing the praises of space opera.
1: Yes, singing the praises of space opera, finished it. It's absolutely fantastic. It's nominated for a Hugo this year, and it's been optioned for a movie. How they're going to pull that off, I have no earthly idea, especially seeing as if they do it right, they're going to have to get the rights to Clippy. No spoilers, but yeah, flipping. Uh, hopefully, that'll be cheap. Yeah, well, um, but it's Microsoft. That means they'll own it forever. Uh, but yes, that was fantastic and amazing. Uh, the uh, I I will say that my next book, I have, I have put aside Pratchett for a while. I made it to Moving Pictures. Moving Pictures was an absolute agony to get through. Uh, so I'm going to take a, a a couple book break before I return to the to Discworld. Uh, I'm currently reading a book called Bloodline, which is a uh, it is the first Star Wars novel that I have read that is not directly tied to uh, a movie. It's okay. it's it's one of the expanded universe or whatever you want to call it
0: Sure sure I've read, I did read several of those
1: Yeah and it's it's believable it's passable I had it handed whom had it handed to me because it was uh, there is some not so subtle commentary about politics in Star Wars versus politics in America today and knowing our rules for discussing that on this podcast, I will say, look, a distraction, and say, tell me about that really awesome book that we were talking about over dinner,
0: Jeff. Sure. So, um, so I finished the latest uh, Shannon McGuire encrypted novel. Yes. Uh, that Ain't Magic, which, okay, it is, I want to say, easily... The climax of that was so moving because she took something she'd been working on for the last seven novels. Seven? This was like the eighth novel in the series. That's impressive. Uh, And, yeah. And had brought it all together in one great moment. It's, It's a fantastic moment that is completely earned. I don't want to spoil it because really you should read the series because when we get to that moment, it's like, oh, that's just perfect. Um, And it's, you know, she's, you know, the, 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 it can be rough on the heroes, but she believes in her heroes. Yeah. And so, and I know you listen to last episode to hear my description of the series. Uh, But it was a, for where we are now, it, if it was the last book in the series, and I know it's not. She's already announced the next book in the series, but if it was the last book in the series, it would have been the perfect finale. Well, there you go. So, uh, praise on that. And then, um, I do want to read space opera. Yes. But uh, I've decided my next book is actually going to be, I want to start another one of her series. So, the next book I'm going to be read uh, is called Every Heart a Doorway, uh, which is uh, part of a series she calls The Wayward Children. Yes. And I think it's the only book in the series out right now. And this one, just because I love the concept, it's a boarding school for children who find who have found doorways into other realms, to like fantasy realms. So in other words, it's a boarding school for Alice in Wonderland and the Narnia kids, and uh-huh. any any kid who's found themselves, you know, through the Looking Glass or into Never Never Land.
1: See that's a surprise because I know she had done those books on Wendy's uh in the in the Neverlands universe so I'm surprised I'm surprised that there's not a crossover there.
0: There might be. I haven't read it yet. Oh, she okay. she has been known to cross her, Let's put it this way. She has a book called Goblin Market. Yes. And there is reference to a film Goblin Market in the previous encrypted novel. <laughs> So she's not above doing that.
1: Well, yeah, a little self-insertion never hurt anybody. You might go blind if you do it too often. But so. uh, on a related note, speaking of Shannon McGuire, uh, for those of you in the greater Puget Sound region, uh, she will be giving a talk and signing autographs at Third Place Books uh, at Lake Forest Park uh, on Saturday, May the 4th, is it? it? It's the first Saturday in May. So... And this episode will be out
0: before then, so that's... Yeah, damn well better. Yeah. There's, and there's our one swear word. <laughs> okay. I don't know that damn counts. Really? If you can do it on network television, I don't count it. Oh. You can say damn on network television. Well, in
1: that case...
0: <laughs> so... Sorry. When you went cluster earlier, that was... That was as close as we're going to get. Um, yeah, so that's... that's, And I know uh, we were discussing... Uh, so you had introduced me to the novel, uh, All Those Explosions Were Somebody Else's Fault. Yes, Uh, you got me to read that. And I have since read the sequel. They promised me the gun wasn't loaded. (laughs) Uh, You said tonight you were probably going to take a a head towards that. Oh, yes, definitely, definitely. Uh, So, so I think the other thing, so, okay. um, As we had been teasing earlier, we are recording this episode. At this moment in time, the clock I am looking at, is saying it is 8.30 on April the 24th.
1: Happy birthday, Shakespeare.
0: So, this weekend, Avengers Endgame is opening. Dong, dong, dong. And this is, this is the culmination. What's interesting is Kevin Feige has come out and said that... All the movies up till now and this one will be collectively known as the Infinity Saga. Oh, my. Uh, And thus, he is saying this is the culmination of everything they've been working on since Iron Man. Wow.
1: Twenty... how many movies?
0: Twenty-one. Blackjack. And going forward, it will be a new saga. So, this is theoretically tying up a lot of loose ends. So there's been a campaign going on.
1: A lot of loose ends? You mean a lot of dust that they're going to...
0: Oh, sorry. That basically is don't spoil Endgame. Yeah. Which I find interesting because I got a a, a notice on Twitter. One of the people I follow, thank you Nash, uh, stated there's a new uh, promo clip out there, new promo uh, uh, trailer. Real quick, one that's showing up on Instagram that has a major spoiler in it. Even though it itself has... Basically, you will know the fate of one of the characters in the movie if you watch this this bit. How it got past editorial control, we don't know. So I've been studiously avoiding any even videos that show... Because uh, I would like to... So here here's my weirdness with me and the Marvel Cinematic Universe in this movie in particular. I've read all the comics. Yeah. You know, I read Infinity Gauntlet and Infinity War and Infinity Crusade. I know largely where the story went and where they're probably mostly going. Yeah. And I've heard all the rumors about who is staying with and leaving the franchise with this film. I can make a lot of extrapolations because I have a brain. But I would prefer to still like to see the execution and how they do it and not be just told, oh, by the way, bah. Uh, by the way, Jeff, that was a terrible pun. Yeah, thank you. The execution. I know. Hey, you know what? I'm, I'll am i take it. Yeah. Um, so, for myself, I am actually going to see Endgame tomorrow night at a preview showing at the Rodeo Drive-In. My friend, you are a nerd. I am a nerd. But, hey... I will get to see Avengers Endgame with my own snacks, with a a bucket of chicken, and no one's kids around me asking mommy and daddy, what's going on now? Yeah, that well, this is the Marvel Universe.
1: More than likely you've got the parents asking the kids what's going on in this Still,
0: somebody asking what's going on now and I don't want to hear it. Yeah. So, uh, I am I am quite looking forward to... The moment the drive-in announced... So, this is a, a drive-in. has three screens. Yep. And right now, until mid-June, is only open on the weekends. They are opening special on Thursday just for this. One showing... Uh, somebody asked, is it going to show on all three screens? And the answer was, it will show on as many screens as we need to show it on to accommodate however many people show up.
1: Which is great and wonderful. I... I Yet another reason why drive-in movie theaters need to be celebrated and kept in business. I
0: also love that, so, The weekend, So, um, one screen is going to, the main screen will have Endgame as the main movie. And I forget what the second feature is. I don't care. The second screen will have Dumbo as the main movie. And then Avengers Endgame as the second feature. Yeah. The third screen will have Captain Marvel as the main movie and then Avengers Endgame as the second feature.
1: See that one's going to that you know as well as I do that that's the one that, that's going to have the most cars
0: in the lot. Which is interesting because it's the third screen although it's interesting I always notice the third screen usually has the horror movies. Yeah. I think the th- I've not seen anything on the third screen yet, but I think the third screen is the one that's the hardest to see from the freeway. How about that? So, anyway, so that's my plan for for seeing uh, Avengers Endgame.
1: Can can I interject one thing real sure. quick? Th- th- this is kind of a public service announcement from from your nerds here at the Fanboy News Network. Um Jeff mentioned it in passing as far as the not having to deal with little kids talking. Let's just talk for a moment about the fact that you're not supposed to talk in movie theaters. Um That's been a recurring theme just recently. I what was it? My wife and I went to see Aquaman while I was home uh, over Christmas, and the entire row behind us were had a running commentary about how pretty Jason Momoa is. Now I'm not saying that Jason Momoa is not pretty. He's easy on the eyes, and I'm saying you don't talk in movie theaters. We've gotten so used to talking over movies because we're at home or because we're in, you, we've got Netflix or because we can pause it and rewind it if we want to if we missed something. We live in a society. A society has rules. One of those rules is you don't talk in the movie theater.
0: There. Thanks. Do you feel better? Yeah, I Good. Do. Good. Good. So, um, yeah, I suspect that one of the first things we'll talk about in our next episode will be the Fallout of, probably not even a review, because it'll be out long enough, there's no point in actually reviewing Endgame. It'll be the Fallout. Now, the thing, speaking of Fallout, and I think the last thing to talk about today, is Disney+. Plus. Ah, Yes. So, uh, Disney Plus, Disney streaming service. Uh, I was discussing with Handsome Husband Jim of uh, Don't Read the Latin uh, about the service that Disney is coming out with that is going to have all their movie backlog, a whole bunch of TV backlog, a whole bunch of Fox backlog, and a whole bunch of new series. And how smart they were. They're giving all this content. And if you pay $70, you get it for the whole year or $7 a month. Not bad. They have priced it cheaper than Netflix. Ding. They they have priced to sell, knowing they have all this content in it, and as all they what they need is volume. Yep. So, uh, and one of the things that they're pushing for original content are original series based on some of their bigger franchises. Yeah. Uh, interestingly, the one that's got a lot of people excited that they've shown stuff for is the Mandalorian. Yes. The Star Wars series, which everything looks like. Well, somebody brought their A-game.
1: It, it's nice that someone is bringing their
0: A-game to Star Wars. Eh? So, uh, and then um, on the Marvel side, they have announced a Loki series. Nice. That is ex- apparently going to explore Loki's influence on human history. <laughs> a Vision and Scarlet Witch series. Aww. A limited run series, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Which I suspect, everyone said, this will be the one that has the most endgame fallout of a series. Wow. And then an animated series called What If, uh, based on the comic series of the same name, which takes events of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and goes, Okay, but what if this happened instead? Episode one will be, what if they gave the super soldier serum to Peggy Carter instead?
1: And if you listen really closely, you can hear millions of fans across the country
0: saying, shut up and take my money. So it's going to be interesting. to See, I, it, right now it looks like, I will say this, you know, Disney has some of the top marketers in the business. And I think those people sat down and went, how do we pr- price this to sell and make money? And I think they figured it out.
1: Well, I mean, that is, if not exactly, it's pretty close to half of what Netflix is charging. Yeah. And with that much of a catalog, they, it's not like they're going to need... And frankly, it's the mouse. Come on, let's think about this. I mean,
0: you've got a whole catchphrase for that.
1: In the name of the mouse, thou shalt be entertained. It's, it, they know how to do it, and they know how to drain every last penny out of you and make you have a good feel like you're having a good time doing it.
0: That's what they do. Sure enough. Probably a year from now, we'll be discussing, well, Star Wars Galaxy Edge, because my hope is I'll have visited it by then. There's a new hope. There is. Ah.
1: So, with that,
0: on that note, I think it's best if we shut this episode down. and Shut S- me up. So, uh, I didn't say that out loud. So, everyone, thank you for listening once again. Uh, if you want to get in touch with Daniel and I, uh, we can be reached at fanboynewsnetwork.com. Uh, just go ahead and leave a comment uh, in the... Uh, notes section and we'll be back theoretically in about a month happy spring everybody take care this program is produced by jeff harris and fanboy news network and is copyright 2019 to jeff harris and fanboy news network all rights are reserved including rights to copy and redistribute this program all music in this podcast comes from the footage firm and is used under a royalty-free license